Hello and welcome to Football Scotland Daily, the podcast that brings you all the big news, analysis and debate Monday to Friday, just in time for your daily commute. I'm Gavin Bankai and joining me today for his second podcast in the space of about 18 hours, it's the indefatigable Chris Doyle. <laughs> How's it going, Gavin? I'm not bad, Chris. Good to have you here again. You're never out of this studio. I know. Yeah, back in. Back at it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we talked a little bit about Kilmarnock on Monday. We had Rangers and Celtic chat on yesterday's podcast, and we had a little special bonus episode with Chris yesterday after the games. So I thought, why don't, not today? Why don't we talk about Aberdeen's game tomorrow in Finland? That'll obviously be taking place at 7.45 tomorrow, but it's a little bit difficult to talk about tomorrow because a lot of people won't hear the podcast until the game's already kicked off. So... But we talk about Aberdeen's opponents, and I've been avoiding it because I can't pronounce their name. I've been calling them Rops, but <laughs> I'm gonna have a little bit, a little go at it, Chris. Um, so I think their name is Ro- Rovaniemen Palasuera. I'm just going R O P S. I think for that. Rops, yeah, <laughs> Ro- um, or Rops. Yeah, Rops I, I do actually know some Finnish people, and I meant to ask them, but I forgot. So. <laughs> I wanted to have a little look at Rops on today to try to find out a bit more about them, but Scout isn't working. So I'll tell you what I know about them, Chris. Um, they play in Rovaniemi, which is four miles from the Arctic Circle, and it's in Lapland. Oh, wow. So Aberdeen's physical style could be a problem because if they're like naughty that close to Santa, they might <laughs> all get coal in their stockings. <laughs> and I know that a German artillery shell was discovered under the pitch at the stadium in 2009. But don't worry, Chris, I can see you're a little bit alarmed there. They've taken it away. It's not going to explode during the game tomorrow. That, fantastic news. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> despite uh, what were my best intentions of finding out a little bit more about ROPS, uh, I haven't been able to either go to Finland or get on Scout. So I've taken the words of former Aberdeen midfielder and actual Finnish man Marcus Heikinen. Now he says... It's hard to compare the level of Rops with the level of Aberdeen. I'd say if both teams play at their usual level, then I don't think Rops have a chance to go through. So based on that, Chris, do you think Aberdeen should be looking to really get this tie put to bed tomorrow? Yeah, I mean, if they could follow um, in terms of what, like, what Celtic Rangers done, just going for that, you've got the away leg first. You can really put yourself in the driving seat if you manage to get like yeah, like yeah, a good victory like they did, and that can just kind of get the tie over and done with. And, you know, at this early stage where, you know, not everyone's... Every player is kind of fit and raring to go, um, just because with it being preseason just beginning, um, if you can get that sort of a good victory away from home and then come back, and that's kind of like a tie over, and then you can maybe make some changes for the second leg, and uh, yeah, I think that Aberdeen should. Um, I think they've you know they've been in Europa League enough now that sort of in these stages that they should know how to deal with it in terms of the just the, having the experience and things and. It doesn't seem like, yeah, you don't know much about the team either from Finland. Sounds like a cracking away trip, to be fair, um, if you're near Lapland. But yeah, I think uh, on, the, on, on the pitch, I think Aberdeen should be able to take care of business. Yeah, it must be one of the sort of longest, uh, well, it was not that long for Aberdeen because they're right uh, near the North Sea. But certainly, you know, it's sort of the ends of the earth. You're almost, yeah. I say, you're, what's it, four miles from the Arctic Circle. So you're, you're almost at, at the ends of the earth. I suppose, Chris, a concern would be that, Rops are in the middle of their season in Finland now. They haven't started particularly well. They think they're 10th after 15 games, having obviously finished in Europe last season, so they're not doing too well. But would you think the concern is that they might be fitter and sharper than Aberdeen, who obviously are just in the middle of pre-season right now? 
they've had a couple of months, well, not really a couple of months, a couple of weeks off after last season, whereas Rops should be right at it. Do you think that's a concern? Yeah, it is, it is slightly, because you even, just the two games last night, you've seen it like, really, Rangers didn't start very well, Celtic didn't start very well, and it's almost like, how's this game going to kind of pan out? So it might be a case Aberdeen in that first half might kind of just need to, uh, I don't know, just kind of like, just kind of stay in it when you get into the second half. You know, they may, they maybe maybe the uh, Rops will end up kind of coming coming out the gates pretty sort of well, and then Aberdeen just need to kind of just kind of need to ride that. And if they're in it in the second half, I feel like then sort of their quality will show. But yeah, definitely those kind of Scandinavian teams are hat midway for their season is is a wee bit of concern. But at the end of the day, Aberdeen should they're the better team, aren't they? So yeah, well yeah, you would we'll hope we'll that sort so. of they can sort of get by easily enough. Yeah, you would hope so. But then, if if as as you're saying, if they Aberdeen have a bad start to the first half, if they start a bit slow, then if you can, you know if you can see a couple of goals, suddenly you're chasing a game and you're in trouble. But as you say, I think having the away leg first is obviously a, a bit of an advantage. If you can score over there, yeah. uh, even if you get a score draw, it's a good result going back to Petardry. Uh, and if you if you score there, it means they need to chase the game, and you think that would play into Aberdeen's strengths. They'd be able to hit on the break and uh, maybe do a bit of that one. It's a big signing for Aberdeen. This summer's been Craig Bryson, but it's been quite strange. We haven't really seen him in pre-season. Do you think that's a bit of a concern? And do you think he'll be? Do you think he'll feature tomorrow? I would imagine he wouldn't start given he's not played. But do you think that's a little bit of a concern for Aberdeen fans? Yeah, well, for tomorrow, yeah, you would think that he's. You, you, end of the day, I think you're. You seen last night with Mikey Johnson. He's been so good in pre-season. So Lennon was like, "I'm going to use him." This is kind of the same deal. I think McInnes has got to be kind of using his players that are kind of you know, more match sharp and stuff. I mean, Bryson will, surely will come into his own in the season and we'll see his quality, but maybe he's just not got the legs under him. And yeah, maybe a good guy to have on the bench if things aren't going so well, just bring on that kind of experience or maybe just even to see out the game. Um, it'll be interesting, but yeah, they've even without Bryson, I've, uh, they should have enough to kind of, uh, that midfield, you know, even despite losing sort of shinny um, over the summer, which is a bit of a sort of disappointment, but Bryson certainly seems like it's actually a really good replacement. Yeah, although, you know, obviously not a like-for-like replacement. And yeah. I guess, you know, part of the problem is if Bryson hasn't had a, a full pre-season, if he's maybe, you know, I think he's had injuries in the past, you don't want to push him too hard too early, and that's probably what McGuinness is thinking there, you'd imagine. I mean, look at Celtic last night. Uh, Julian's basically not had a pre-season because he only signed fairly late from Toulouse, and he kind of left him on the bench, and he, uh, he had a beat on at centre-back, which is a Celtic European tradition, but... I think managers are often very wary about putting players into that situation well, too early, yeah. where they can pick up injuries. They could, you know, have a setback if well, you know if they're not fit. Lennon obviously was kind of forced to play the new boy uh, Bolly Bolingoli. Yeah. His name's very hard to say. Uh, <laughs> it's a bit of a tongue twister, but um, yeah, he was kind of essentially Tierney's out. He was kind of forced to put him in. He's not really played much, and you know, he obviously was, you know, fit enough to play, not carrying an injury. But was he really sharp enough? And then he ends up picking up sort of a wee niggly ankle injury, you know, with that, you know, you don't know, like, obviously the pitch wasn't the best and stuff, but you never know of, like, these factors. So you're right, you just don't want to be, if you can, if you've got someone else in there to fill in, the sort of fill in the gaps, you would rather go with them instead of going with the, the players who are sort of ready to go because it's, it's a competitive game at the end of the day. Yeah, And, and very important for the, at the end of the day for the, the rest of the season. Yeah, of course it is. You don't, want, you don't want to risk players like that. And just finally on Aberdeen, They've announced today that Joe Lewis has been appointed as captain after the aforementioned departure of Graham Shinney. Do you think that's a good choice, Chris? And how how important do you think he's been to that club over the last few years? Yeah, a really good choice. Obviously, you could have maybe give to McKenna or whatever. Um, Constantine, they're obviously 
sort of the not got as much experience as Lewis. But I mean, I think he's just one of the uh, one of the most underrated keepers in in the in the division, really. Um, and the fact I think he signed like a five year deal was it, and sort of the, uh, towards the end of the season, and he was there uh, tied up until like. Uh, 2024 so that that was just a great bit of business from Aberdeen yeah it shows um, the faith they have yeah exactly well. and it does he's just been a really sort of solid presence at the back and um, yeah as I said I think he is quite underrated in terms of that he really kind of pull, pulls out great saves and he's just yeah one of the more consistent performers in the league and um, a good choice for captain definitely with his leadership and experience yeah and I do agree with you about him being underrated he's maybe one of those goalkeepers who's not the most flashy but you know he's always solid always reliable you mm-hmm. know you, yeah. you, you don't see him drop too many clangers I mean you see you see the odd one uh, I, I remember a couple of years ago I think after I think after Chris Sutton had said he was the best goalkeeper in the league he dropped a clanger immediately after yeah. uh, but <laughs> which is the commentator's curse of course uh, so um, we can move on from from that. I think, uh, obviously, Kilmarnock are also in action tomorrow. Uh, so I will not be on the podcast tomorrow. I'll be heading down to beautiful Rill to, to, <laughs> to watch uh, Kilmarnock not against Connors Keenel La- Not quite Lapland, but... No, 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 it's not quite <laughs> Lapland, you're right. Um, so how do you think they're going to get on? Um, I think uh, if you're playing what are a part-time Welsh team, you you would absolutely expect that over two legs, Kelly should be able to beat them. But we saw in the Challenge Cup last season that Connors Key, while they're not necessarily the most uh, technical team or the most pleasing on the eye, they're certainly well-organised, well-drilled and can be a bit of a nightmare to play against. So again, the team coming in for... The first competitive game of the season, uh, Kelly have only played two pre-season friendlies. There might be a concern there, but I think over two legs they should have enough. But with um, obviously Alessio uh, coming in there, you just kind of do you think fans are really just interested to see how he's going to set up his team and how he's going to kind of go about his sort of his style of play? Yeah, definitely. Uh, that's it's obviously a really sort of intriguing appointment. You know, not a lot of people knew a huge amount about him before he came in obviously they knew he'd been at some some great clubs but as a manager in his own right he's only been in the sort of Italian lower leagues so uh, we'll have to we'll have to kind of see how he sets up there as I think I said the other day in pre-season he looks like he's trying to build more of a passing play but we haven't obviously seen him uh, in in full in full flow as it were uh, and if I know Kelly fans uh, after 10 minutes there will be some people grumbling that this is not good enough and he'll know day it's just a difficult task with obviously we've spoke about it a lot just in terms of like the kind of post Steve Clark either it's very difficult for anyone anyone to come in uh, after that just to replicate what he did so I do think it's 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 uh, important for sports just to be quite realistic just for patient with him you know um, in terms of just like let's just look at him over the full season and um, kind of what he can add to the team and just give him a fair chance because yeah just coming in after Clark is just a difficult sort of task really isn't it. Yeah, absolutely. Now, we touched on him earlier. We spoke a little bit about uh, Mikey Johnson. Now, he scored uh, an absolutely great goal for Celtic last night. Uh, For anyone who didn't see it, uh, they were 1-0 down against Sarajevo and probably fair to say struggling a little bit, um, certainly in the first half. Uh, And then Johnson sort of picks up the ball. He's under pressure from about three defenders. He manages to wiggle away from them and he just absolutely batters a shot uh, into the back of the net past uh, Kovacevic or Kovacevic. Again, I don't know how you pronounce it in the Sarajevo goal. Uh, it was a great goal last night, Chris. Uh, did that sort of indicate to you that he might be a guy who can become a real regular this season? I know he was sort of in and out of the mm-hmm. team last season. He played against Rangers a few times, probably in a bit of an unfamiliar position as a lone striker. But do you think he's a player who can really nail down a first-team place this season? I think so, because it wasn't just how good that goal was. It was more the importance of it, because Celtic were really kind of 
I mean, not yeah, almost kind of on the ropes that first twenty minutes, um, and they weren't sort of they weren't at it. They were just a bit sluggish um, out the blocks, and it was almost like we, Johnson's goal kind of just kind of sparked them into life, and he really kind of just grabbed the game by the kind of the scruff of the neck, and you know it was kind of out of nothing. Um, but then o- almost from that, it, he kind of it went on to sort of then Celtic having that kind of solid second half performance. But it, it just didn't seem like um, the kind of the, the sort of Champions League or whatever that kind of um, it didn't really phase him, you know. Um, and I think that's really sort of that's really a promising sign in terms of like just Celtic fans reckon, yeah, maybe he is ready to kind of take up that sort of you know playing. He only maybe played sort of like twenty odd games last year. Maybe he's he can go further. And I just think that Sinclair didn't have a you know that left wing position. You know, it's up for grabs. Sved's just coming in. I think that's predominantly where he plays. Um, so it, it will be di- and it will be difficult for him to get in, but yeah, Sinclair didn't have a great end to last year, um, and he's just he can just be a bit passive in terms of like you know take he won't really kind of take on many. He'll just kind of side to side. And Celtic fans, I know, definitely getting quite frustrated with that. And I just think Johnson just gives Celtic something different. You know, he's very very direct. He'll just take on the man, and uh, now he's just kind of adding the quality at the end of that, sort of in the final third, getting sort of assists and goals, so I definitely think he's got a bright future, and I think it's not not, not uh, crazy enough to say that this year could be his year, where he sort of breaks into that first team. And do you think Lennon, in selecting him last night, was maybe laying down a bit of a challenge to Sinclair, that as you say, he had some poor performances in the second half of last season, he can be a bit passive, he can be a bit inconsistent, you know, on his day he can be brilliant, but yeah. if he doesn't look interested, do you think that's a way uh, that selection last night was a way of Lennon basically saying to Sinclair, look, I have no problem keeping you out of the team if you don't perform. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's important when a new manager come in. And that's the good thing for the youngsters as well. You know, everyone's in that level playing field where they can sort of, you know, under Rodgers, he, he might have had his favourites or whatever. Sinclair was definitely one of them, obviously working with him under Swansea. So at least now it's like, kind of like a clean slate. And uh, Johnson can um, sort of, or any other really player can, like maybe they feel like they can push through and get a spot. But yeah, Johnson was the. It was, you know, it seems like a sort of a brave decision, but it really wasn't because he was what, basically he's been the best player in preseason for, for the few games. So bench them would have been pretty harsh. And um, yeah, Sinclair hasn't really been at it that much, so I understand why he went with him. It was an easy decision, but also it was kind of brave because I think if it was if Rogers in this position, even I think he would have he would have played Sinclair. And Lenny, at the end of the day, he kind of got proved right. By the way, obviously with that goal in his performance, yeah, and he did. And as you say, it was a brave decision because if he'd played him and you know played Beaton at centre back, if as it looked like in the first half, if it'd gone wrong, you know he'd have come in for a lot of criticism. Yeah, because his appointment wasn't overwhelmingly greeted positively, so. That would have put the pressure on straight away. Now, obviously, Johnson's is a different kind of player, but that goal he scored last night, it kind of had a wee bit of the David Turnbull about it. Now, Celtic, I mean, they may go back in for him when he's fit again at, at Motherwell, but we obviously had the, the saga this summer of that collapsing. Do you think that, how do you think Johnson compares to a player like Turnbull? Um, well, I think Turnbull's a lot more, a, sort of like, a, more. he's more of a physical sort of player, obviously. Um, he kind of he'll tend to kind of pick up the kind of ball, kind of the central areas, and kind of just drive forward. And you know, he's got he's definitely a, a Johnson. Actually, isn't really known from in terms of like goals from outside the box. Actually, he's sort of better kind of taking on players, getting in between the kind of the, the lines. But I just think that yeah, missing Turnbull it will be it will be a disappointment. But I think that they can definitely like after the sort of his yeah goes under his rehab for his knee. Definitely see Celtic come back in from because there's a definitely a player there, but um, I think that yeah Johnson. I mean he's just 
I think the thing he does need to add to the game is probably that physicality because that's the thing to actually like fairness Turnbull coming in and playing a lot against Mother last year. He seemed like he, you know, you do need to be able to deal with obviously a very physical league. You can pick up these niggles. You do need to kind of be able to uh, with, uh, sort of sustain that. Um, and I just think, yeah, Johnson, he's a wee bit lightweight, so that's maybe something not that he needs to go into the gym and bulk up. But it's a thing that is important to actually have to be able to like sort of go through that sort of like play week in week out you know that, that grueling season so that's maybe something that but that's something you just the the yeah i mean he's young so that's something that you may just not you naturally sort of sort of gain as you get older but i think that's what turnbull has at a very young age which makes him like sort of a really sort of exciting sort of prospect absolutely and we saw lennon put his faith in uh, johnson last night now do you think you could see some other young players coming in, possibly a player that I know you've written about and you mm-hmm. know a little bit about, which is Ewan Henderson, who I know is really highly regarded by the Celtic coaching staff. Do you think he's a player and possibly, you know, Karamoko Dembele? Do you think, particularly Henderson, but do you think Lennon is going to give more of a chance to the young players this season? Do you think he's that's a message that he's sending out that, look, if you impress me, I will put you in there? I think so. He's... He's been known for his kind of in the past with his work with sort of the academy players, the youngsters, and kind of giving them a chance. And I think that that's going to be uh, more of the same uh, this year, it seems. Um, Henderson, yeah, with my piece, uh, I was just trying to say that obviously Miss Nine Turnbull, disappointing, but really Henderson, is a, he's a very similar player to him. And, you know, the, like maybe they don't need to go out and buy someone else when they've got someone right under their, like basically right under their nose. And, I just don't think he's been sort of given the the chance really to to go out and sort of that you know the regular playing time. But when he has played, he's looked really sort of sharp and promising. And yeah, maybe he's got sort of that opportunity. I think he will get more game time this year. Um, I think um, our editor of Football Scotland, um, Johnny McFarlane, he knows that from one of his sources inside the club um, is that Dembele will be a part of the sort of the first team plans. Um, going forward as well so obviously that's really exciting because he is despite his age he just looks like he's got some yeah completely different level to a lot of the other players so yeah I can see a lot of young players get, getting a chance which is just really sort of good to see isn't it you know yeah it is I think that's what you know I think that's what fans want to see yeah. Scottish football fans in general you know you want to see clubs taking a chance of players I mean you know I, I know Dembele's been representing the England youth team so we don't know about him but you want to see guys like Mikey Johnson developing and possibly going on to play for Scotland mm-hmm. and impressing there, the likes of Ewan Henderson doing the same thing. And obviously Celtic fans will always have that kind of more affection for players coming through the youth system, which is the same for any team, but particularly Celtic when, you know, their most famous triumph, of course, as everybody knows, and I'm sure uh, opposition fans are sick of hearing, but that came with a team of players basically all born within, what is it, 10 miles of Celtic Park or whatever yeah, it was. Exactly. Yeah, um, Yeah, so... Exciting times for Scottish young players. So there's just about time for a little uh, transfer roundup, I think. Uh, and the first one we wanted to look at is we're getting reports today from STV that Rangers have the first option to take Ryan Kent on loan if he doesn't move elsewhere. Now, my question to you, Chris, is this really uh, big breaking news? Is this really a huge development for Rangers? Because surely you'd think with the English transfer window closing early, um, that if Liverpool, Liverpool, I think we know are looking to sell him possibly for a big fee, wasn't it always going to be the case that if they were loaning him out, Rangers would be the first option? Yeah, because he, yeah, if that was the route they were going to go down, you know, they've seen the strides he made last season. So if they are going to loan him out, it makes sense to put him back to a place where he did so well. And then he can, if he does come back to Anfield in you know, 12 months' time, he'll be an even better player. I think Rangers are really like 
they, obviously they would have liked to get him earlier if possible, but I'm pretty sure they're quite content just to kind of the wait and see approach to say, well, if we get him, we get him, and it's great. But if not, then you know, so be it. But um, yeah, I think Klopp's just wanting to have a look at him in preseason to see maybe potentially to see if he's in, you know he's not seen that much of him, and you know, maybe he might feel differently he'll be a part of the his plans i don't quite see that but yeah um it'll be difficult to see that if there's they're going to offload them in terms of a a permanent basis obviously not going to be rangers but there's been a few english clubs sniffing about like leeds but it doesn't seem like there's much traction on that there's still time obviously and with a month left of the english window so it'll be interesting to see but i think rangers will be just happy if that wait and see approach and if they get him then then great yeah, absolutely, because Rangers have about six weeks longer to yeah, do transfers, exactly. so they know that the minute that English transfer window closes that they are right in pole position. Yeah. Uh, last night's game, uh, Celtic game, uh, after the game, uh, it was the BBC's, I think it was at Chris McLaughlin, certainly it was, it was the BBC asked Neil Lennon about Sergio Quintero, and Lennon uh, basically said that he, he'd never heard of him. Now, our own Craig Williams, who's been on this podcast, has been speaking to... Quintero or Quintero, if Craig's listening, he's going to kill me for butchering the Spanish. <laughs> he's been talking to his agent, who says that the player is keen to make the move to Celtic. So there's something going on here. Do you think, Chris, that Lennon was just looking to play it down, looking to have a little bit of fun with the journalists, or do you think that this is an agent making mischief, or is the truth somewhere in the middle? Yeah, I think it, it could just be agent talk, um, in terms of like, you try to big up one of his kind of players and obviously he would be open to a um a move to a team like Celtic, you know. Um he's playing in Ecuador, I think, um at the moment. Um and I think it's just that he was one of those I, one of those players obviously with the under twenty World Cup going on. Um and it was just like one of those ones he was just I don't know how it like sort of where it came from in the first place, but obviously um it was just kinda kinda rumours. There's also an a, um there's another kid from Ecuador that's apparently Celtic and Man City are weighing up for him. Um, so it's it seems like it's a little bit of agent talk. But at the same time, Lennon, is maybe there is that chance he was just playing it down because they've got so many... Celtic have so many players on their shortlist at the moment because they need they need players in. So they're not just looking at one or two and, and you know, if they've got players to fall back on in case those, like, those deals don't go through because they don't need to bring in those kind of, those reinforcements this window. So it's hard to tell, but, I mean, um, we will see in the next next coming weeks, I'd imagine. Yeah, I mean, it would it would certainly be a strange one for the agent to completely make up, but um, also, you know, it was a, you don't often see a manager coming out and saying he's never heard of a player. It's usually, I, don't, I won't talk about another player or, you know, there's been no offer where to say he's never heard of him was certainly yeah. a strong statement. I know he wasn't really serious about it. It was just it was actually quite yeah, it was quite of, funny, um, a yeah. funny sort of like conversation between him and the uh, the BBC reporter. So I guess yeah, we'll see. But yes, um, uh, some more Celtic transfer news that we've heard today. RMC in France have said that they've made an approach for Siliki of Rennes. Uh, Porto have had an eight million euro bid knocked back. Celtic made an approach now. As far as we understand from that French source, that doesn't mean they've made an offer, but they've approached Ren to sort of discuss the possibility of a transfer happening. Uh, do you know much about this player, Chris? Um, not an awful lot, uh, but I've heard that he tends to play kind of in the left side uh, of midfield, but also quite a versatile player. So, like, he can sort of play sort of further back in defence, maybe a d- defensive sort of role as well, defensive mid. So he seems like yeah, he has got quite like. Um, yeah, like a, a versatile player, and you can see why Celtic maybe are 
looking at a player like that, just in terms of their injuries at left back, they're in desperate need of a right back. So they're thinking maybe get a guy in that sort of they can do all these kind of these all these jobs, especially going through the season. If it's a sort of a potential for like you get injuries like last year, and you've got a guy that just like kind of like Johnny Hayes, really, you can just slot in. So. Yeah, his, he's obviously his midfielder. I think his natural position is kind of like defensive mid, left side midfield. But yeah, apparently he's been playing like left wing, sort of left back. He can just do it all. So we'll see. It's obviously how good he is. But obviously, Ren, you know, they, they've been known the past few years. They've had an exciting team and um, producing a lot of good players. So um, could be on to a winner there. But surely, as you say with Porto, there'll be some competition for his signing. Um, I don't think it's, don't think it's going to be, you know, they're going to get him on the cheap anyway. And just finally, Chris, uh, we don't have a, a game today, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to take you back through the mists of time just for a little moment. The year, Chris, is 1989. The Cold War is ending. The Berlin Wall has come down. Taylor Swift was born. <laughs> the most important of all those things. Yeah, those were reverse order of importance. Um, and also, 30 years ago today, Chris, a man named Mo Johnson signed for Rangers. Now, this obviously was hugely controversial at the time. Now, regrettably, part of that is because he was a Catholic, although Rangers had had Catholic players before, and they've gone on to have many, many Catholic players since, guys like Lorenzo Amoruso, who were absolutely adored by the Rangers fans. But the big issue, I think, with Johnson that set him apart from the Catholic players that had gone before him was the fact he was ex-Celtic. And he'd also been... Uh, he was apparently going to sign for Celtic uh, a few weeks before, so he was basically... Uh, not well received by either side of the Glasgow divide. So my question to you, Chris, is what would be the most controversial signing that Rangers or Celtic could make of a player who is either playing for or has played for the other? Now, I'm going to lead with, and I'm not. this will never happen, to be very clear, listeners, I'm going to go with Rangers signing Scott Brown. Wait, are we talking about current players or like? Yeah, or yeah. Like so like in the modern day, in the modern day, so we're at leaving those leaving aside the sort of um, the unsavory elements of the time. In the modern day, what would cause the biggest controversy of a oh, of yeah. a player? I can see Scott Brown would be absolute anarchy. I mean, we would love that for 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 content, but <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, you're going with Scott Brown. Um, I'm going to go for Alan McGregor. Maybe yeah. I think I'd go go the opposite side for Celtic again. A player like Adam McGregor, just a real you know, a diehard coming for the academy of Rangers, diehard Rangers fan. Um, that would certainly raise some eyebrows. Yeah, uh, there's a few though. Um, that you could. I mean, I heard that sort of so Liam Burt was um sorry youngster. He's been you know he a former Rangers sort of youngster. He was um uh he had a trial with Celtic just the other week, so you know these th- these things happen. You know, it's not it's not it's kind of it's may it's not frowned upon as much. Obviously, kind of no. We saw in, we saw Kenny Miller yeah, played, well, played with three spells at so Rangers and he had one at Celtic. So you know, it's not uh, it's not as I guess. I mean, it's still quite a big deal for a player to play for well, yeah, both. It's, but it's, it's a brave uh, decision for a player to decide that even nowadays, you know, that's uh, Mo Johnson. That was just kind of that big deal. We kind of paved the way for it, but it's still not really sort of. It's not a thing the players tend to consider just because of the backlash they'll get. They may just don't want to deal with that. But yeah, there's certainly a few. I mean, I think Brown's the biggest one. I think you've you fought about that beforehand. So yeah, you, sorry, you, you, yeah. you, you get the winner for that. Yeah, that was a little bit. That was a little <laughs> bit unfair there, Chris, because I knew that was coming up and you didn't, and I got to speak first. Okay, well that's all from us here at Football Scotland for today. We'll be back tomorrow before four p.m. Although I won't because I'll be in Wales. Uh, just in time to make your daily work commute that little bit more bearable. You can get more from us at the Football Scotland website, on our social media channels, on Facebook or Twitter at, under f- at football underscore Scott. Sorry about that, I've messed that right up. 
Uh, to ask a question or make a comment to us individually, you can get me on at Gary Mackay and Chris on... By Chris Doyle. You can also leave us a review on iTunes to balance out all the pr- ones which are praising Johnny, which I think he wrote himself. Uh, so go and do that. Don't give us any negative reviews, please. Uh, we don't take criticism well. Until tomorrow, thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>